Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from that magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. Hi folks, welcome back to another unscripted edition of Oracle Soup. (laughs) That's right. Not only do we not have a script, but we don't even have a recipe. (laughs) No recipe today? No recipe. uh, We're making uh, what my grandmother would have called trashy belly. Don't don't ask what, oh my yeah, it, it, with a name like that, yeah. Basically, it was anything that was left over in in, in the refrigerator that went into a pot. <laughs> well, you know, I this show. I don't know if today's topic is leftovers necessarily, but we're definitely looking at something at the bottom of the pot. Something that people mm, they have a hard time talking about sometimes, or uh, it's not a real popular topic, you know. Uh, we're really going to talk about difficult readings, right? And maybe even what some people might call difficult clients, but I think we'll lean more towards difficult, challenging readings, right? Right. And and clients who um, could pose some challenges. So the bottom line is about getting around and making um, both uh, whether your your clients are challenging or the readings are challenging, um, trying to come up with a um, uh, a solution and give some tips on diffusing certain situations. So, and you know, and just like out. with a lot of our other shows, you know, Gina and I, we like to have these conversations. In fact, sometimes we'll talk for like an hour before we even start recording, right? <laughs> and we're just, you know, we're just girlfriends and we're talking things over. And this comes up, and we thought, well, why not share this with you? Because when we're doing our Oracle Soup, we're really just having a conversation, but we've included you in on it, you know? So uh, we invite you to uh, add in your, t- what, what was it? Your, add in your spice, add in your uh, your veggies, add in whatever little yummy things you have, or the leftovers from the refrigerator, right? <laughs> and let us know what you're thinking because um, these are just some ideas we've come up with, but I bet you've got some. Absolutely. We we give the, the base, like a gumbo base. <laughs> <laughs> you add in the filet, the spices, the seasoning, the flavor. Yes. And we like diversity and we like flavor. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next. So Oracle Soup today is going to be exploring this whole idea of what makes a reading difficult or challenging and maybe some strategies for working with that or for understanding that as readers. And so I have noticed this come up from time to time 
uh, in our Facebook communities. And often, uh, and I, I have to kind of say this myself, often the readie, <laughs> the querent, is identified as the difficult one. Now, of course, sometimes the cards are identified as difficult, like somehow the cards aren't really speaking to me that clearly today, or I'm having difficulty aligning what the cards are saying to what my client is asking. So yeah, those do have their challenges, but I think we're talking about something even bigger, aren't we, Gina? We're talking about, hey, this was a really uncomfortable session, or I wish I had a better way of handling it, or what? So I'm sure you've got some wisdom on this. Absolutely. I noticed just recently, too, um, working a, a an event. And, um, of course, couples were attending, so they were getting their readings um, done at the same time. So in terms of discussing challenging, in terms of difficult clients, um, there's a situation where sometimes um, the example I'll use is actually reading or having a session where there is a couple uh, or two or more people. And so what makes that challenging is who is the reading actually for or what types of information, say one person may be seeking versus what the other really wants to reveal, or is it that you, the, the reader, as a reader, you become a third-party to the situation and so you um, have to kind of gracefully decide if you're just acting as mediator or you're being pulled in so for instance that would be um, I want to know if they're cheating so can you tell me in front of them if this is going on that that sort of situation so it's like okay um, <laughs> surprise or the other situation that um, possibly makes uh, a challenging uh, reading is if the person, the querent, challenges the actual reading, challenges what you say, or has some sort of disagreement or resistance um, about the information that comes up or your inter interpretation. So those are what I would classify as, um, of course, there are many others, but uh, in, in terms of the most um, noticeable, prominent situations that I've come across um, that I think other readers have issues with as well. I do believe those are probably two of the most common. I'm guessing other people can bring up things like, gee, my, my client didn't pay me or they thought the reading was going to be different than it was. They weren't happy with my service or my style or, or even the cards I was using. Or There's a lot of things that people find difficult or challenging. But I do like the two examples you brought up. And I'd like to address the second one first and then go to the first one. Because in the second one, um, here are you talking about the client themselves or maybe even the reader not being able to relate to the information that's coming through the cards at that time. And part of that, again, could be one's um, – now, I'm not talking about you when I say this, by the way, Gina. I'm just talking about you in general, any of us. Get it? Uh, it could be our level of knowledge of the cards. So maybe the cards are trying to speak to us in a way that we can't quite grasp. And so the reader then is having a challenge with the, with the cards. Or sometimes the information that's coming through is something that the querent isn't ready to hear. And so now I think the most common conclusion from a lot of readers is that that makes the 
the actual querent the difficult one because they're not being a good querent. But if I look at it from more of a counseling point of view, mm-hmm. that the counselor in me says it's called timing. And so, and it's also delivery. And so sometimes there's a way of communicating difficult information to your client, but it doesn't have to be done in a challenging way. And I'm sure we've all had these experiences, though, where the client isn't ready or rejects in some way the message that's coming through. All I can hope is that we as readers can develop more of those skills to help guide our clients through their reading without either forcing information on them, but also not necessarily protecting them too much, if you know what I mean. I mean, they, they do come to us, and most of them want the straight message or the straight guidance, and we really could or should be providing that. Uh, so now to go back to your, um, your first example, sounds a lot like what in counseling we call triangulation. And triangulation is basically when, let's say, two of the primary people have difficulty communicating one-on-one, and so they bring in a third person, so they're kind of like talking through that third person. You know, we think it's usually healthier if people can learn the skills to speak face-to-face. So I think that inter- that's an interesting way of using a tarot reading where you're actually using the reading to try to get through to the other person who you yourself don't feel like you can speak with directly. Um, interesting. That's all I'll say about that. It is interesting, and I I looked at triangulation. Um, One of the other aspects of it is um, triangulation is bringing in that third person, but I think it's important as counselors to remain neutral. Would you agree? Well, you're maybe, are you talking about like maybe a counseling session where all three people are present? I think well, what you know, it's kind of like tarot reading with a couple versus okay, a that's different. Is is it's it it's kind of one of you know it's kind of different. That would be more uh, but, of a mediation, perhaps, where the right. reader or the cards are mediating communication between the two people, but the two people are there with the primary intent of communicating together. So that would be different. It's more like when, you know, you're talking about maybe a difficult situation with a client where the client themselves is having difficulty communicating with that other person. And then they're using the tarot to get some inside information about that other person. Correct. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Almost like remote viewing through the cards, huh? For sure. That's definitely one way of looking at it. Remote psychic psychic spying, I call it. There you go, psychic spying. And and you know, that actually comes up under what I consider to be ethics. You know, some readers that's their bread and butter. You know, they'll be looking at what's going on with A and B and all these other folks. And then there's some readers who say, No, I only read for the people who present. I'm not really able or willing to read for someone who's not right here and can speak for themselves. Uh, I think the exception might be if a reader is working with perhaps those spirits who've passed on and maybe there's a way that they're trying to communicate through the cards. Yes, um, and I've done all of the above. And I think that comes down to um, getting into the ethics of what you choose to 
uh, have in terms of, you know, the information that you're going to provide and what's useful uh, in context of the actual reading and how what benefits and what's the benefits to the uh, querent for the information that you're providing. Or the personal boundaries of the reader themselves and what they feel comfortable with. And, uh, you know, for instance, trying to avoid triangulation in terms of difficulties, you know, uh, trying to avoid spying on other people who may not want to be spied upon. Uh, but, you know, again, that's a personal preference thing with the reader and how they like to interact with their clients. <laughs> so, hey, what, what's another difficult or challenging situation? Communication and wording and just communicating what you're seeing and how the information is related. And maybe they don't understand or uh, need yeah. further clarification. Seeing something in the cards that you're not able to articulate. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, I find that when we're studying Tarot, we're already learning another language. And you and I could probably speak symbol talk for hours. But when we sit down with a client who doesn't know symbol language or doesn't know tarot language, how do we translate that information in a way that's effective, especially if that person already has a different communication style? Maybe English isn't their first language. Correct. That's, that can be a difficulty because what we're trying to do is find the most effective way to communicate the guidance or the wisdom that we're seeing in the cards to the person who's there to receive that information. That could be a difficulty. I've had situations where the scenario it has many, many, many details. It's coming through in terms, you know, of I kind of see this. I see all these kind of different steps. And it's really difficult to put into like one simple <laughs> 15 minute kind of explanation as to what's going on. Because sometimes I've had readings where I'm only getting certain parts and I leave it to the querent to fill in the blanks because mm -hmm. I don't have the whole story. And so it becomes very, very difficult sometimes to even explain what is there. Does that make sense? It's, it's even difficult for me to explain it now. Oh. Yeah, in fact, I think I have had situations where a card will come up and it'll come out and it seems like it's completely out of context or it kind of throws me off a little. And so I'm thinking to myself, whoa, what does this card have to do with this question? This is not the direction I thought it was going to go in. But my style is sometimes I like to think out loud because even though I may not understand what that card is saying, either the client might have a little insight that I don't have, like maybe they're already relating to it in a way that I would not have thought of right away. Or maybe they'll be patient with me because I'll say, you know, I know this is going to make sense maybe once we see the other cards. Or And I happen to be the kind of person who I only turn the cards over one at a time. So, yes, sometimes when all the cards are down, the context makes more sense. Or maybe there's something the client didn't reveal. And so by saying, gee, I don't know where this is coming from. Why did this come up? That might allow the client to say, well, there was this other thing I wanted to bring up, but I wasn't sure. And then suddenly it makes sense because I was talking out loud about it and it gave them that opportunity to, to get involved. From there, let's jump to the client disagrees <laughs> with the reading or thinks Perhaps that it, it, I would say it comes from what they expect to hear or what they expect from 
the experience of having a reading is completely different. Um, or perhaps they've had another reader that read one way and you don't read that way. And Right, Gina, because, you know, that's a really good point. And I think we talked about that when we were talking about being a, a better reader and also maybe uh, philosophy, because many readers are going to encounter this at some point or another where someone is, has a certain expectation about what a reading is and maybe your particular reading style doesn't match that expectation. And one way to avoid that truly is to give your little spiel at the beginning about what you do or what you don't do or or some people even hand their clients a, a sheet of paper with their code of ethics or their philosophy. Especially when I'm doing large like fairs, like a psychic fair or something, and I'm seeing one client after another, I can pretty well sense when the person sits down if I need to say something like that. And I'll say something like, you know what, Uh, if you've had a reading before, you might find that my readings are a little different, but I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I'll be looking for guidance. I will not be making predictions. I will not be telling you what to do with your life. And I can tell you every time I say that, the person nods in agreement, like they're relieved. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I think that's one way of avoiding a difficult situation. But, you know, originally when we were talking about this whole thing about difficulties, and I've even seen it on Facebook where people say, well, what about difficult clients? Uh, and, you know, my reservation is uh, maybe the client's not a difficult person maybe I'm the difficult person maybe I went into reading with expectations or assumptions what do you think amen to that um (laughs) I've seen many times where there's a pre frustration (laughs) if that's a word (laughs) I think it comes down to the reader already being in a state of perhaps being overwhelmed overworked or just frustrated with the whole scenario of a person coming to them for help and not probably it boils down to not being prepared or not having the um, ethics in place. So I've seen many frustrated readers discussing how their clients or arguing with them or just totally in disagreement with what the reading says or just even thinking that they're fake. That's another, that's a whole other topic. Right, right. And and that gets into a whole other topic we don't have time for, but we've kind of touched upon in other shows and we hope to speak more about in the future. But this whole thing about who's reading, is it anyway? Is it important to be quote unquote right? And does that mean you're wrong if you say things that, you know, doesn't necessarily agree with your client? How do you tune into your client more? Uh, these are things that we continue to talk about you and I and hopefully share with our friends here at Oracle Soup. But just to summarize, we've been talking about difficult readings and what makes a a reading difficult or challenging and what we can do as the reader to make it uh, a more effective reading, a better, more wonderful experience for our client as well as for ourselves. And one thing that I think we've said but didn't say it directly is being a good listener. 
and watching your assumptions. In fact, it reminds me of this wonderful book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And here they are. I'll just spell them out. The first one is to be impeccable with your word, which is to be as uh, honest as you know how to be. Uh, The second thing is to not take anything personally because it isn't personal. Even if the client says, hey, you're a fake. Well, guess what? That's their opinion, but that doesn't necessarily speak a truth. The third thing is to watch your assumptions and uh, watch the assumptions of who you think that client is or what you think the reading is going to be about, like my example, or just assumptions about what a reading could be. And then the final and the fourth one is to always do your best. And that's what we're all here to do. That's why hopefully you're listening to Oracle Soup so we can all improve as wonderful readers in the world. Right, my sister? Absolutely, Monto. I'm from Louisiana. I make up words. <laughs> well, yeah. well, let's just have a bon ton time. A bon ton time. <laughs> hey, well, it's been fun talking with you, Gina, and I can't wait to connect with you again. I can't wait till our next topic. I can't wait to talk to you again and interact with you again, my sister. All right. for spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com, for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.